Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io, which I co-founded after being in SaaS for a decade. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers and you can think of us as your outsourced CTO because we've got 20 years of development, entrepreneur, and business experience to help keep your project from ending up in the software graveyard. We specialize in software as a service and software startups. Contact us at onestop.io so we can spec out your project today. Uh, today, I have a seasoned software entrepreneur, Michael Katz, who is the CEO and founder of MParticle, an established startup in the customer data platform space. Michael has had a lot of experience raising investment funds, taking a company public, making big exits, and even starting all over again. We're going to cover a few of these things during today's show. How are you today, Michael? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Happy to have you good. on the show. Um, yeah, happy to, happy to be here. Good, good. So, so I gave a brief intro. Why don't you just um, tell me a bit about who you are and and uh, and M Particle and any other things that you might be doing? Yeah, sure. So, uh, born and raised uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. A huge Boston sports fan, but uh, a New York resident. Uh, so, New York City is is home. Um, and I've started a couple companies. The first one. Uh, that I started along with my brother, Andrew, who is my co-founder and CTO, <clears throat> was a company called IntraClick. We were in the ad tech space and that company was started in the mid 2000s. We had a really great run. Uh, you know, I like, to, I like to joke that we got out of ad tech alive, but <clears throat> we did, you know, we did some pretty interesting things. Um, in 2009, as we saw the you know, the, the economic downturn, we invested in, uh, in kind of core data platform capabilities, which allowed us to ingest structured, unstructured data from a variety of sources and distill it to individual anonymous profiles. And then a lot of the value that was created was being able to um, export those audience manifests into our ad server that we had built uh, a few years prior. And, um, uh, deploy data sets faster to operational environments or protection production environments and so ultimately it allowed us to grow the company from where we were in 2009 um, uh, at the onset of the year which was you know we were doing 20 million with I think about 20 sales people to the time that we exited two years later when we were doing about 150 million in revenue with 22 salespeople, so um, had a really uh, had a really great ride. Built some really cool tech. Had an awesome team. Built an incredible culture. Um, Yahoo came to us in 2011 and said, 
hey, we love we love what you built. They were also a a close partner of ours, um, mm-hmm. so they had a they had a front row seat to see you know a lot of a lot of our growth. And mm-hmm. um, they said, you know what, we have a lot of a lot of our own data and some of our personalization and 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 targeting products have become somewhat antiquated and can we get this you know get you guys plus plus us and have it be one plus one equals three and it was really exciting um you know for for us we were operating the company as a public company and we had a really good run and felt like the the timing was was right and so we uh we did the deal and uh stayed at yahoo for about a year or so and then just started to see a bunch of change uh started to see the the user behavior change in terms of people uh either going to the website or not now starting to engage with um at the time it was 75 different mobile applications and yahoo was just starting to build a couple of applications for ott and connected uh tv platforms and so I was running a um, a fairly large uh, product team at the time. And in Yahoo. I, yeah, at Yahoo. Yeah. And any anytime I had any questions about uh, user behavior as as it related to overlap between the different platforms, I couldn't get any answers. It was like anytime a user moved between web and whatever else, they just like fell into this dark pool of data that nobody could access. And I thought that that was that was really strange because the types of infrastructure and applications that allowed you to to answer some you know relatively straightforward questions have been around on the website for for years. We we're actually probably on our second or third generation of those types of of tools, and mm-hmm. so kind of took notice that with um, with the shift to mobile and the emergence of OTT and you know, ultimately what would ever, whatever would come next, you had these really nascent ecosystems where the tools were just immature and there was really no underlying data infrastructure. And so that was really the, the genesis of, of M-Particle, um, that, that aha moment where it was like, wow, there's, there's definitely meaningful opportunity here as the, as the world on like the consumer side continues to, to fragment, we're going to need new solutions which are geared towards kind of the new reality so so at that time did did customer data platforms exist no um, they they, didn't they didn't okay no so Um, you and so you're sort of uh fielding into new new territory here was yours the first one was m particle the first one I think we were we were absolutely one of the first say one or two um in the early days we were calling ourselves a data automation platform because you know before a category is formed around these things like what do you call yourself you don't want to be yeah. anchored to like legacy solutions but you're trying to like find your footing in terms of creating a, a descriptor that is cool and innovative but did, also did you did intuitive. you coin the term who coined that i actually don't know i mean i, I think probably some journalist the, right yeah, yeah, I think like, you know, one of these like so-called experts, um, yeah. but, you know, it kind of quickly came to came to bear and, um, you know, if it allows people to 
to make sense of, of what we do by putting it in, in a kind of nice little box, then I'm happy to adopt the, the acronym. Yeah. So, so, so you're at Yahoo. Um, presumably you have some kind of contract with them. How was it getting out? And were you immediately thinking um, that you wanted to start something? Because by this time you've had a big exit, right? You, I think it was 270 million. Presumably you did pretty well. Um, but it sounds like you didn't want to take any time off, eh? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think, um, you know, for, for me and the team, we got there at a really interesting period of time. So when we had started the deal conversations, it was with, um, it was with Ross Levinson, who was the president at the time, but the CEO was, was Carol Bartz. And by the time I left, there had been five CEOs in the course of about a, about a year. And so, I think we realized probably like three CEOs in that the promise um, and the, and the thesis behind the acquisition was probably just never going to come yeah. to fruition. Yeah. And then, you know, interestingly enough, I actually, you know, I got pushed out. I got, I got, I got fired on my 364th day at Yahoo because I was a highly paid non C-level executive that was brought in uh by a you know a, a number of regimes prior and i was you know invited to meet the head of of hr in a in a bar on a sunday night and uh she informed me that there was no more no more role for me so um you know Were you i relieved I, sounds like you might have been a little bit relieved in a way you know i think like i was uh i was caught a little bit off off guard yeah, if, if I'm gonna be completely honest, um, you know, n nobody likes to feel like they're not right, wanted course, or right. or needed. I would have probably preferred to to leave it on my own terms, but you know, at the same time, I think it, you know, it really crystallized what I wanted to do because I was I was starting to contemplate what I wanted to do next, and there was a series of conversations I was having around you know, taking over CEO jobs at, at other startups that were kind of struggling to find their, their footing and coming in as the, uh, as the adult. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I, I spent the next couple of weeks just reflecting on, on the time and, and thinking about what, what do I want to spend call it the next 10 years doing? Because ultimately that's what you're, that's what you're signing up for. Right if you're going to build something and um, you know, here we, here we are today. You know, I think, I think the, the path I chose is, was pretty apparent, but you know, I think it, it, it took something like that for me to realize, you know, we, we still had a lot to prove as a, as a team. And I think we still had a bunch of great ideas and um, quite frankly, I, I feel like we never got at, at interclick. Um, we, we never really got like the credit we deserved mm -hmm. for being as, as innovative or as strong of, uh, in kind of operational executive team as, as, as I think we deserve. So it was like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it right. And prove that this wasn't a fluke, um, mm -hmm. and start to show the world that, you know, we are, you know, we are a meaningful presence, um, or that we have a meaningful presence in the, uh, in the New York tech ecosystem.
Okay, so so it sounds like you you left Yahoo and you already had sort of the inkling of the of an idea of of bringing together the the first sort of CDP and at this time the space didn't even really exist. Um, mm -hmm. How long was the time before you you actually got together, um, you know, and put together a new team and and describe that process, like what yeah, you, so what I'll, you did? Yeah, completely. So. Uh, leading up to that, so I'll, I'll you know from from the, the the time I was let go to the kind of next week, my <clears throat> my team came together from from across the country and they threw me a uh, a going away dinner. It was kind of like a uh, you know, screw you Yahoo, yeah. Um, like we're gonna we're gonna take out our our founder CEO and we're gonna have a a good night and. Uh, the ironic thing is I got food poisoning that night. So now <laughs> I'm like, I'm in a world of pain. And okay. Thanks guys. I'm, yeah. <laughs> and, and unemployed in my future. <laughs> oh God. And, you yeah. know? And so, so it was a, it was, it was a, a, a rough like day or so. And then, you know, my, my wife had asked me to go grab something from, from the car and I opened the car door just kind of wallowing in, and a little bit of like self-pity and I opened the door like right into my face so I wasn't really paying attention yeah. and and like instantly had like this like huge black eye so yeah. it was like I was just like yeah. beat up physically and I'm I'm like you know you what? look like this hell oh felt like <laughs> hell uh, sounds awful yeah, yeah yeah it was I mean you know for for me though it was like at that moment I was like you know what this is this is the bottom this is, it's only actually going to get better from here. And so at that point I was like, you know what, I'm going to give myself another 24 hours. And so at this point it was like, I, you know, I was gone from Yahoo for about 10 days. And yeah. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give it 24 hours just to kind of clear my head. And yeah. then starting fresh on the following Monday, um, I'm all in. And so you know, the first few calls were to my, um, you know, the, the guys on my executive team at, at InterClick, including my brother. brother and, yeah. Yeah, he was. Is he, he was, still at Yahoo? Was, no, I mean, no, At he, that time, at that time, was he? Yes, he was. He okay, was. yeah. Um, and so I said, hey, here's, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why I think it's a, a good idea. And here's, you know, here's what I think we need to do. And in, in order to make it happen, you know, you're the, you're, you're the, the tech guy, the, you're the tech guy, you're, you're the, you're the builder effectively. Tell me what I'm missing or tell me if it's impossible. And, you know, he came back to me not, not too long after that. I was like, no, it's completely more than doable. Who else is doing it? And we did a bunch of research and it was like, there really was nobody else doing it. So we were like, Oh, like it's, this is, this is real. Like, do you, do you want to do it? Yes. Do you want to do it? Yes. All right, let's, let's go. And so we got, um, we got our 10, probably our 10 best engineers from. Interplay. Were they at Yahoo at that time too? Yeah, everybody was still. Okay. So there's still all still your there. whole team is still at Yahoo. Okay. So it's essentially yeah. Yahoo cannibalized your, all of InterClick. Well, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they subsumed the, the, the brand and we all got merged into the, uh, into the organization and, you know, they, they granted everybody really generous retention packages. And so I mm -hmm. knew, 
um, you know, getting people to sign up one for, for a new mission was, was going to be tough, but then two to effectively leave a bunch of money. Yeah. Easy table. money yeah. on the yeah. table is also, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a hard a tall order. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we started, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the, the core exec team and the core, um, uh, engineering team from, from our last company. And we just, it was just, it was go. And so we raised a four and a half million dollar seed round to start. And we just, we, we went heads down. We just built. What did you have when you went out? So, I mean, that's a lot of money to, you know, to my listeners. Um, uh, that's probably a lot of money. You must've had something like what, did you have an MVP or, um, are you literally just track record and pitch book or, or what, what were you starting with? Yeah. Um, so we had at that point in time, um, you know, we had a reputation, we had, uh, an idea and we had a little bit of tech built. Um, and, and so the belief was, was really in the team given, given our domain experience and, you know, and, and, and the size the magnitude of the opportunity that that we were pursuing um i I will say this um it it really helped that we were second time founders yeah yeah um even though we didn't so at interclick we didn't pursue like the the vc route we took a very different a very different path we were we were bootstrapped really from the early days being really financially disciplined and you know, we, we, we ended up going public, but it was through kind of unconventional means. We did a, uh, a reverse merger and, and then operated our way to be able to uplist to NASDAQ and then do, do a real IPO. And I wouldn't recommend that path to, to anybody, but this one at MParticle was like very much the traditional, you know, raise a bunch of money from, from uh, angel investors and, and, and VCs and kind of kickstart the, the, the business that way. And what's your, are you going to go, so you, you probably will stay private now or what's, what's your direction now for, um, is going public in, in, uh, the works do you think in the future? I mean, look, uh, in, in March of, of 2020 in the midst of COVID-19, I think, I think all, you know, long-term future planning is probably on hold. And Uh I, I think, we as well as probably everybody else are effectively just trying to weather the storm and make yeah. sure we're, we're investing in the things that allow us to, to come out stronger on the other side, uh, whatever that other side may be, but not, not focusing on, you know, whatever outcome may, uh, may present itself to us. Right. That makes sense. So tell me about who would be your clients and for um, M particle, who's, who's, who are some of your clients? Sure. So uh, I'll just kind of briefly explain what we do for brands, and then and then I'll talk about who our who our customers are. So, in in today's world, as people engage with brands across lots of different um, screens and devices and and touch points, there's data being created everywhere, and mm-hmm. so brands are faced with this task of unifying all that data and then also getting it into a high quality hygienic state, right? Because you may have data in different formats um, with different structures. And it's not just about like dumping it into a, into like a data warehouse or a data lake. It's about getting 
like creating a truly homogenous data set. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that's really the first step. And then, and then the next step is about providing all of the, the support and the integrations required to make it then easy to get that data out to all of the systems that they use across their, their business um, uh, that, that, that are kind of mission critical for, for, for operations and, and to drive growth, right? So mm-hmm. getting data into their analytic systems and into their marketing automation tools and into their ad platforms and into their customer support tools like Zendesk or whatever else and mm-hmm. yada, yada. Yeah. And so, you know, you have more data being created and consumed than ever before. Uh, more data going to and from more sources and systems and endpoints and applications and APIs. And um, it's just, there's a lot of data wrangling that, that, that has to take place. And so the types of companies that we work with, um, so one, we're, we're exclusively focused on working with um, multi-channel consumer brands. So none of our customers are, are B2B brands. Um, we're exclusively focused on, on helping brands that sell products or services to consumers across uh, a few different channels. But these are large brands. They have to have a certain amount of traffic, I imagine to, to, to warrant uh, the kind of expense for this, this type of platform. Right. Um, So it, it, it varies, right? So uh, we have historically a, a large enterprise focus. So some of our existing customers are brands like, Starbucks and NBC Universal and Walmart and um, PayPal and um, a number of the largest uh, financial institutions in um, in the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also work with you know a number of startups, um, some that you probably haven't heard of, and some that are probably more recognizable, like. Postmates and Glovo and Delivery Hero and okay. um, Klarna and and a bunch of other folks. So um, it's 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 a horizontal solution um, because these challenges that that we that we help companies solve are fairly universal, right? It, it's it's around data silos, data fragmentation, and creating a better more uh more hygienic um kind of core data asset and i don't care if you're based in north america or mia or or apac if you're you know a hundred person company or a ten thousand person company everybody wrestles with this to, to some extent does that make it is um does it make it so that there's quite a few other new players coming in trying to get into the space have you been finding that uh, so yes and no. Uh, so I'd say over the past year, maybe 15 months, the customer data platform space has become crowded. I think that there's now over a hundred companies that identify themselves as quote unquote customer data platforms. But what that means varies greatly across a number of those companies. Um, for for me and, and and the way that I view the world, and really the space that MParticle plays in, which is to provide modern data infrastructure. There's really only other, you know, maybe a couple other companies that, that matter um, uh-huh. to, to us that we see 
in, in some of these kind of competitive environments. And so at, at a surface level, yeah, there's, there's a lot of companies that are now calling themselves CDPs, but, but most don't matter. Right. Okay. That makes sense. It's, I mean, imagine it's uh, just further validation for you. You've got a good head start. It's probably a really nice place for you to be sort of the top of the top of the, the pack for that. Yeah, I think for us, um, once the the large marketing clouds, so Adobe, Salesforce, Oracle, all changed their posture uh, last summer mm-hmm. around the importance of, uh, of of customer data platforms. I mean, that was that was a, a really important inflection point, I think, for for us and for the for the category as a whole. Because you know, a year prior, summer of twenty eighteen. Uh, I think executives from each of those companies went on record saying this is a passing fad and this is a, a feature, not a, not an actual platform or not an actual solution. And, you know, you, you, you fast forward a year to, to last summer, summer 2019, and they did a complete 180 where they said, this is actually the future of, everything from customer experience to, to CRM to, um, to marketing and, 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 and data analytics. So I think that was, you know, one of the, probably the, the most important moments in time where those, those companies that have such market share and such mind share um, came out and said, you know what, this is, this is real. Yeah. Do you see any um, opportunities for other entrepreneurs in this space that, you know, you're, you're obviously uh, very familiar with this space. What other opportunities are you seeing or trends that you're seeing that, that if you weren't so involved with them particle, you may like, Hey, that, that might be kind of interesting. Um, you know, you're obviously a, a, a seasoned and multiple startup guy. What would you be looking at right now in the space that you know so well? Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a good question. I think that there's actually a lot of opportunity. Um, <clears throat> you know, when when you think about uh, a a company or brand and what their most important assets are, I I think everybody would agree it's it's people and it's and it's data, right? Like those yeah. are the two things that that really make great companies um, what they are. And so you know, when I think about the the data lens. Um, you know, data just for the purpose of, of data to me, isn't, isn't enough, right? You have to, you have to undergo cultural transformation. You have to embrace new ways of doing things that were previously thought to be either really difficult, uh, or, or impossible. Um, and so it's, it's really the alignment of people process and, and, and product. And so I think, you know, there's a, a, a number of opportunities along like the, um, you know, the uh, service provider ecosystem. So if you're building professional services and you want to, you want to create expertise around the category, whether it's on you know, deployment slash integration or ongoing execution of data, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of brands that need a lot of help from, from that aspect. Um, from a from a product standpoint, you know the I, I think the thing that that we've seen and and that has got our investors so excited about about the space is that you know ultimately it's a 
it, it's a really uh, sticky solution, right? You know, choosing your your customer data infrastructure is not something you swap out every six months or, or right. year. This is this is a decision that you have to yeah. live with for for a long period of time, and it takes a lot of technology. Um, it takes a lot of development in order to meet the needs of both you know, small and large customers, because you know you have to think about creating the the connectors. You have to think about all of the controls and features to 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 inject transparency and value into the data chain. You have to you know support um, you know well, we at this point support probably 300 plus integrations because it's it's about you know the the activation of the data and so I, I would say that like if if anybody's thinking about you know trying to replicate what we what we've built it's probably a an uphill battle yeah um, I mean you you're heavily funded but I'm saying like a, some kind of a light solution you must be seeing opportunities like what gee I really wish I could plug this hole or this is a frustration for us I'm sure it's frustration for someone else you know have you come across things like that yeah exactly well i think any any service and this is kind of where i was leading up to it's like any service that that is predicated on having access to good clean high quality data Mm -hmm. um is better enabled now that companies like mparticle exist and are kind of widely deployed um, so I think the opportunity, if somebody was going to create a software product um, around the space, would be, you know, anything that can then take uh, better quality data and then do do something with it, whether it's provide analytics or insights or um, activation capabilities. Um, you know, I think we're we're really early on in the uh, in the ML and AI revolution, yeah. And it's you know it it's it's got a uh, just a, a ton of hype over the past couple of years. And and I think like what you find is that a lot of the companies that are that are providing services around ML and AI, you know, one while they've built you know some some really sophisticated technology, I think by and large like it hasn't it hasn't really worked. And I think like when it does work, um, well, it, it, it hasn't, it hasn't proven to, to work at, at scale for a lot of these startups. And, and when it does work, um, what you find is that there's, there's usually like just a bunch of people turning dials in the, in the background. And oh, nobody so likes like, to talk about that. Yeah. This is like ma- sort of manual uh, AI. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll call it a kind of mechanical. <laughs> perk, if, if you will. Yeah. A down and dirty AI that's being assisted by, um, by manual labor. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, a, a part of the reason why, um, you know, some of these solutions have, have failed to, to launch or to scale is because they're just not dealing with high quality data sets. And so you spend so much time scrubbing the data and, um, and getting data normalized where the time to value effectively um, diminishes to, to zero, right? Because there is a, there is a, a time value of, of data, right? Okay. 
So example, um, exa- when you say uh, data, you're saying examples, uh, like it, give, let's talk about um, some specifics. We're talking about like um, cr- cross customer data, data sets of like this user came here and used the live chat here and then he came back and he was um, opened a ticket. Is that what we're talking about? So you have all this data uh, and you're essentially uh, aggregating it together is that as do i understand correctly yeah so on behalf of any of our customers there there is an artifact that is created as a result of people engaging with the products that they put into into market right so if i go if i go to a website and i click around to a bunch of different areas of the website well Mm -hmm. that generates data if i download if i download an app and i register for the app that's data if i if i buy something in that app, that's that's more data. If I go into a store and I complete a checkout at their point of sale, that's okay. more data. There's da- there's just there's data being created from, okay. from every every interaction, either explicitly or or implicitly, right? Like there's data being created about us as as consumers from our phones when they're in our pocket and we're not even doing anything. It's, right. It's it's saying, hey, here's here's the lat long, here's the location yeah. where this where this user may be, and you know, for us, it's about helping individual uh, brands, um, you know, organize it in a in a in a more effective way, so that ultimately they can make better sense of it through their analytics tools or their um, business intelligence systems or they can use it to create more personalized experiences, um, whether that's like product recommendations or content recommendations. Okay, so, and so for example, you are perfectly, you have an API where people can access this data. So if somebody wanted to tap into this and say that there was a hole that was, you know, let, let's take a, some kind of an analytics dashboard that you're not providing, that's something that someone could, um, could do with your data? So the, the idea is that, the same data that's that's used to power your your analytics. Mm-hmm. It, there's probably seventy percent overlap in that core data asset yeah. um, to power your marketing automation system. And there's probably maybe, and I'm using you know kind of uh, hypothetical numbers, but there's probably fifty percent uh, overlap in that data set to then power your um, customer customer support tool, right? Okay. So, without a tool like MParticle, the challenge that brands face is that they have to then go and deploy integrations for all of these individual tools separately, right? right. And then there's high maintenance costs. Yeah. And then um, these different tools uh, aren't aren't connecting. Right. Yeah. So, so you have lots of data silos and you have lots of system silos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, it, when it all comes through MParticle, it's a single point of integration mm-hmm. into, into our platform API. Okay. And then we have connectors into really all of the you know, marketing, analytics, and sales tech companies out there so that you can de- de- you know write once and deploy anywhere and it's you know, i'd say we're we're effectively api middleware to the same okay to the same extent that like stripe is api middleware for payments um plaid okay. 
is API middleware for um, for financial institutions. Okta okay. is API middleware for um, security. Um, Twilio is is API right. middleware. Or like Salesforce or something like that. So you could really have, sounds like you could have a marketplace um, based on, on your, um, on that platform. Is that right? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, we, like, you know, you like know, so, let's say for zero, for example, or, or, um, um, Salesforce, they have like, you know, they have a marketplace where, you know, little yeah, sm- yeah. entrepreneurs can come in and, and build their own SaaS and do very well off of it. Sounds like someone could do that. Is anyone doing, doing that? Um, well, it sounds like they are from, from the APIs that you're providing. Um, yeah, so we don't we don't think about it in terms of a marketplace because I think that that's potentially like a, a loaded term. Um, okay. We don't we don't charge uh, partners to be on our marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's more of a, more of a platform play than it is necessarily like a a, a marketplace play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but there's only you know we we have to prioritize the the needs of our our customers the brands mm-hmm. yeah. first and foremost and i think in doing so we also align our incentives and, and 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 motivations with our partner ecosystem because if we're all there to create value on behalf of the the end customer then we don't get into any of these kind of funky um uh the, um, misincentives or, or misalignment of, of incentives okay. by, you know, creating kind of two different types of customers. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but it sounds like there is opportunity there in this, this data and this, you know, like it's, and big data, we're talking about a lot of data, um, perfect for like, uh, the machine learning and, um, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're creating, um, we're creating a, a means for brands to be able to uh, syndicate their data to any, any service that they want um, without the, the friction that they would otherwise incur. And then on the flip side, we're creating a service for these service providers to be able to get direct connections into, into brands and access their customer data um, without having to go through lengthy integration processes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I also want to touch upon your, your, um, role as a mentor at Techstars. Can you, can you, um, tell me about some of the, um, projects that you're working or that you're seeing as a mentor there, and then maybe some opportunities or some spaces that you think are, are showing promise in, um, in your role with Techstars? Yeah, I mean, for, for for me, it's really about giving back. Yeah. Right. Um, I, when I was a a younger entrepreneur, I didn't I didn't have a mentor. I just was kind of I jumped into the deep deep end and tried to figure it all out. And yeah. so it was always something that I uh, I wish that I had. I, I feel like maybe I could have made a a few less mistakes. And yeah. so you know, for for me, you know, I think it's it's about being able to to give back or pay forward some of the success that, that I've seen. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty accessible, I think for mm-hmm. really any, any entrepreneur, whether it's, 
part of TechStars or or not. I, I have so so I want, one of my listeners could reach out to you and say, "Hey, listen, I'd I'd love to. I feel like our skill sets sort of are complementary. I'm heading in the direction. You you would be maybe open to that, or I would love that. Honestly, okay. yeah. You feel free to drop me an email, mcats at mparticle.com. Um, okay, great. Happy happy to uh, excited to hear from 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 anybody out there and uh you know my 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 schedule is is pretty busy but you know we can we can definitely get something on the books or if anybody just wants to go back and forth via email always uh always available always working that's very kind um how about yourself do you have a mentor now i would say i do and i don't um so there's i think people that i try to model my my style after i think that you know i've i've learned a great deal from even just some of the people that i've had that i have on my uh, executive team um mm-hmm. I've, I've also learned a, a a ton from you know reading um some really fascinating books i'm working with uh with an executive coach named uh named Jerry Kalana who wrote a book called reboot that I would highly recommend to reboot. Okay. Yep. Literally I'd, I'd recommend it to every entrepreneur and, and founder out there. Um, so I think, you know, I'd, I'd say Jerry has, has, has probably helped me more so than, than just about anybody. And, you know, we've, we've probably only been working together for, for a good six months, but I try to find, you know, I try to find inspiration in lots of different areas, especially areas that have nothing to do with um, customer data or sometimes even even software. And what do you look for, like in a mentor? What are you looking for in a role? Or is it something that you could just emulate, and or do you actually like formalize and say, "Hey, listen, I'd love to set something up, even if it's just an hour uh, every other month or something." Or what do you try and get out from your mentors? So it, it, it really ranges. Sometimes it's going to be tactical advice. Hey, how do I, how should I think about this, this scenario? Um, how do I, how do I create a, um, a, a product roadmap that maps, you know, all of the investment decisions to, to the likely outcomes that, that we may see. And, you know, how have, how have you done this at, at, at your company in the past? And I have, a bunch of advisors that help me yeah. with different, with different probably things come like that. With, with, with the, like the VCs, you probably have some great advisors that come from that VC world as well. I imagine. I mean, yeah, but they don't just get like prescribed to you. Um, so you're you really, to, you're actively going out and so, you know, being selective and, and finding the guys that you want part of your sort of uh, your mentorship team, I guess. Yeah, like you don't have like it, it's not one of those scenarios where like they line up a bunch of people and you're walking that line saying, Yeah, I wanna work with you, you and you it's, it's not <laughs> it's it's not like that. You have to like if 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 you if you don't speak up, like nobody's nobody's gonna do it for yeah. you. So okay. so 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 there's that. And then there's just um you know, I, I think as a as a CEO, especially as you get bigger, you realize that um you know, it's, it, it's kind of lonely at the, at the top. And, you know, yeah. I think part of it is that like you need, you need to create a network for yourself of people that can relate to some of the decisions that 
have to make that you know, are, are probably not on your team and not and not going to try to like uh, bias your your decision. And so, you know, I think you know, in, in addition to to mentors, you know, creating creating peer groups, I would say, is 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 just as important as finding mentors. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, Michael, I want to thank you. We're coming to the top of the hour. I, I want to respect your time. So I thank you so much for, for everything and um, appreciate your offer to, to be so open to maybe some, some of my listeners approaching you. Um, any other advice or um, action items that you, that you might want to leave with us? No, I mean, we covered off on a, on a bunch. And so I had a blast doing this and I uh, can't thank you enough for having me on. Okay, well, well, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and check out Reboot right away. So I, I would advise our listeners, anyone, sounds like a good book, and uh, you heard it right from Michael. He knows what he's talking about. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software big break could be right around the corner.